Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Welcome, Marvel fans, to episode 36 of Marvel Cast, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast by fans for fans. Each week, we will discuss the latest news regarding the MCU, followed by reviews and discussion of the latest released content in this ever expanding multiverse. I'm your host, Steve, and joined with me is my co host, JG. JG, we are like 24 hours away of this recording from the next Marvel film, Thor Love and Thunder. How are you feeling? Oh, it's, it's Christmas Eve. I'm super excited. Uh, Especially hearing many good things um, in my circle about this film. It's a good day, and I'm very excited to see it with my friends tomorrow. Yeah, it definitely feels like Christmas Eve, but for me, it's like, oh, I, it just hasn't even hit me yet. I don't think until I get into the theater. It, like, these movies have just been creeping up on me, and they're here before you know it. Like, we're going to have a little bit of a stretch before we get Wakanda forever, but that, again, will be here before we know it as well. So, as usual, we have a couple news stories to talk about. We're going to review Miss Marvel Episode 5. And then we're going to do our Thor Love and Thunder preview because neither of us have seen it yet. We've avoided spoilers. So let's jump right in. And speaking of Black Panther 2, this week we have seen a couple of leaks that have happened due to merchandise, due to upcoming, <laughs> excuse me, artwork around some of the new characters and returning characters, including our first kind of look at Namor, Shuri, Okoye, Atuma, and Ironheart. So, JG, did you get a chance to see these images and how do you feel about them? leaking instead of being officially shown through disney yeah it's it's interesting that those did kind of surface especially right before the release of thor here uh i saw them they're pretty cool they're not i don't know i wouldn't consider them spoiler because like these are all characters that we kind of knew that they were in it like if we saw like an image of like say dr doom oh uh heads would be rolling those uh, snipers would be getting their guns ready uh so i don't know i i didn't really take too much stock into it it's cool to see like these images um i don't think it's really going to start to feel too real until we start to see maybe the first teaser trailer at comic-con uh, or at d23 but they, they look like you know it's pretty uh pretty exciting uh, namor really stood out to me uh and i think uh it's interesting that Namor is a part of this and, uh, you know, really been reading and trying to kind of get used to or not used to get getting familiar with his character and who the other characters around him. And there's some interesting possibilities that could really be shaping up for this Black Panther 2 sequel. Yeah. And from my understanding, Namor is one of the oldest characters in Marvel lore, right? He's been around since the very beginning, 80 years ago of Marvel Comics. So the chance that he's finally getting a chance to shine and, you know, like DC has already putting out put out one Aquaman movie and they've got a second one coming out in a couple months. So um, I'm wondering how it's going to be different when we see these underwater scenes, when we see this, but I, I am excited. And I think the image that stood out to me probably the most was Atuma, who I guess is going to be the villain of this story. And just to, like his aesthetic again, has kind of like um, a hammerhead shark, like skull on it. Like he's human with a mixture. Like it, it, it looks interesting, almost something out of like pirates of the Caribbean, like with the Davy Jones kind of arc almost, but yeah, interesting. And, the fact that we've already seen Ironheart, again, this is not um, photographs, but more art artwork, but seeing her already in the suit, like I was wondering if that was going to be like um, a post-credit tease or if that was going to be saved for her show, but it looks like she's going to be suiting up, doesn't it, from what we're seeing already? It does appear that way. Um, you know, we don't know where these images like necessarily like what they're pointing towards, so maybe that is a post-credit, you know? 
Uh, so it could be interesting, but I mean, if we kind of skip, not necessarily skip the backstory part, but whenever we get introduced, if we already, she already has it, it'd be kind of cool. And then maybe whenever we get the Ironheart show, we kind of like take a look back maybe and see a little bit more of the backstory kind of fleshed out a little bit. Um, I think that could work out pretty well for it. Do you think that these one, two, three, four, five characters are going to like be the leads now that we again have this big hole to fill with Chadwick Boseman? Um, Cause um, what's what's her name? Is Nik Nikia wasn't shown yet? I mean, is she still going to play a big role? Do you think? I think she's definitely a big role. I don't think anything really has changed from that. Uh, I do think. Uh, I think really the big one. I think we're really going to look into is Shuri. I think she's going to be one of the main leads of this film, and is really going to be the driving factor um, with a lot of the impact in the legacy of Black Panther and the mantle of that character. Yeah, I'm wondering if in the trailer they will reveal whether she or anyone else um, will be suiting up in a Black Panther suit. Or, I mean, if you're calling this movie Wakanda Forever, I mean, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, I mean, part of me wonders if you leave this one as almost a tribute to T'Challa and maybe no one suits up as a Black Panther. Maybe this is about Wakanda as a civilization. Maybe it's about all the side characters and you save, you give it time to breathe and then you almost let someone, whether it's Shuri or, um, oh, what's his name? M'Baku, um, maybe one of them eventually will suit up, but maybe you save that for the third film and then like springboard it off from there because would it be too jarring to see Shuri this young, this early suit up? Is that is that um, disrespectful or do you let this be like a Wakanda movie and then jump into another Black Panther in the future? What would you do? I think it could be done tastefully and respectfully and I think you kind of need to. You need to, at least by the end of the film, we should know where the direction of it is going, whether or not she actually suits up or not. I think that it could be done respectfully. I think a big portion of the beginning moments is going to be paying our respects. And I'm really going to be interested to see how they do that and, and how they um, approach that. And I think it will be done respectful. They're very careful. They know what they're doing there. Um, I think it's, I think we could really dive into some of the politics and I think, you know, so a lot of people are wondering if maybe we're going to see the future or maybe the where get it like a compass for where the MCU is going with Thor Love and Thunder. And I'm starting to wonder if it's more going to be with Black Panther, maybe and maybe Black Panther is going to deal with a lot more of the politics. You know, we're starting to see Namor, uh, who apparently is, you know, being the leader or high up figure in Atlantis. Like, I really wonder, could we maybe even see Wakanda have an election, maybe? And we kind of go through really like a political maybe like i don't want to say a thriller but like a political drama maybe um that you could even if we're really starting to tease dr doom you know you could really uh have him because i feel if we put dr doom into the uh, fantastic four which is another conversation it kind of makes him like he's only a fantastic four villain but dr doom is a is a mcu villain he's a mcu character if you introduce him kind of in as like a political character, you know, you're not, not like a whole, maybe just like a scene or maybe even a post credit scene even uh, is something to do with the politics and the election or something. Uh, it, it could be, that could be where they're going with this. Yeah. I feel like this movie more than maybe some of the other ones is being so held close to the chest that we, we don't know the plot really besides Namor and Atlantis playing a role. We don't know again, how they're going to handle Chadwick Boseman's passing. Like, I hope it's, you know, very well done and I hope it's very respectful. And I think it will be because I think he means so much to this franchise, even only being in a few films. But um, 
I definitely hope that, like you said, at um, San Diego Comic-Con in the next two weeks, that we'll definitely maybe get some um, looks or at least, <coughs> excuse me, some idea of where the story's going. Any other thoughts on these leaks, these reveals before we move on? Nope, but it gets me it gets me a little more excited for this because right now it just it feels very far off when it's in reality just a few months away. Yeah, it'll be here before we know it too. Um, and then, you know, I feel like now that Thor um, is wrapping up its promotional campaign, I think pretty soon we'll start getting into the Black Panther. Um, let's talk now our next story. Um, Loki season two is currently filming. And while we don't know a lot of, you know, where the story picks up exactly, like if it'll pick up right after the first season wrapped up, um, we do know that it looks like from what we've seen, Tom Hiddleston, Loki, and um, Owen Wilson's Morbius, looks like they've been filming some kind of like flashy scenes, maybe like 1970s era. And one piece of Easter egg that maybe will make it in the final cut, maybe we'll leave it on the cutting room floor is, <coughs> excuse me, a poster of Kingo from the Eternals. And if we remember, you know, Kingo... Um, he was mentioned um, in Miss Marvel recently. And if you remember in the Eternals, like Kingo had been an actor for oh, like a hundred years at this point, And he played his grandpa, his dad. So like this obviously wouldn't be Kingo. This would be Kingu senior maybe, but um, you know, the actor had just recently appeared on Obi-Wan Kenobi too. So I guess long story short, JG, do we see this is just a fun little Easter egg or could we see maybe some more cameos coming our way? I think it's an Easter egg. I think it's more the connectivity tissue that uh, Marvel does very well. It's one of those things where it makes the world kind of fleshed out and makes it feel very much lived in, you know? And I, I don't think it would be more... It's definitely possible, but I don't think... Because where we last saw Kingo, he was taken away by Arisham, right? He, he was one of the ones that was taken, right? Oh, no, or did he say on Earth? He was on Earth, just still keeping his career going, I believe. That's right, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's possible. I, I I would say I would lean towards unlikely. Yeah, I don't really have much to say on the matter. I just thought it was interesting. I love when they do these connective um, little Easter eggs, but sometimes the way I said it earlier, like when they edit them together, sometimes it's a blink and you'll miss it like in the background. So I, it's cool. I'm glad that, I mean... I don't like when things leak either, but I'm hopeful that we see more of this connectivity, especially going into phase four and phase five, <coughs> excuse me, going forward. All right. Next up, um, kind of a little bit outside of the MCU, but um, Disney Wish is this new um, Disney cruise ship that is set to sail in the next couple of days here out of Florida. And on the Disney Wish, they actually have a couple different restaurants. Um, one of the restaurants is called Worlds of Marvel, which sounds really interesting. And it offers menu items from Wakanda, Sokovia, New York City, Shang-Chi's Talo, and even Madripoor that was included in Falcon Winter Soldier. So I do like that they're including all these locations with different, you know, food from around the world. And during the, sh during the meal, guests that are on board this cruise ship are actually entertained um, through a variety of ways, including on big screens with actors from the MCU. Um, I know Falcon, uh, Captain America, excuse me, uh, Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel have all shown up in that because a lot of that has leaked from people uh, testing this out. And then um, Scott Lang, Ant-Man, and Hope Van Dimes, the Wasp, will actually walk around and be um, coming to tables with different like larger-than-life food. So that's kind of cool, just going off of that. The reason I'm bringing this up is how it kind of connects to um, Endgame a little bit is that some people have filmed kind of like the video presentation with Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly playing um, Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne. And in it, 
um, Paul Rudd actually kind of ad-libbed a little scene that was written up for him. And so here's kind of like a little bit of behind the scenes that kind of ties in with a fan theory about um, maybe how Ant-Man could have stopped Thanos that had been going around for a long time. It says, before we shoot, we usually bring in a Marvel writer to help punch the script. And it was Michael Waldron. He added more jokes and things. And Scott Lang, the whole thing about him was he's nervous about giving a presentation. He's never, post-Endgame, been a public speaker before. So this is one of the first public speaking engagements we get to witness. And so Michael put the Thanos joke in there as kind of an icebreaker for him that was super awkward. And Hope is like, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? Then we were like, can we get away with it? We're not sure. And would Paul be willing to do this knowing that it's been a big meme and everything? And he did it in his own Paul way. He took the script, he improvised it, he created the really funny version of it, and that's made it into the show. So, JG, have you had a chance to see this um, this clip going around and how quick it is, but it's still kind of poking fun at a, um, a big fan theory leading into Endgame? Yeah, I saw it. Someone had shared it on TikTok, and so I saw it. And it was one of those things, like, it's really quick. It's kind of funny. Uh, there's not much to it, you know. It's not, like, you know, it's just fun. It's, it's what it's meant to be. It's fun. Um, the whole Marvel experience, though, looks amazing. I definitely have seen quite a few, like, videos and tours of it and such but this this little thing i like that they could kind of like you know they could kind of like poke fun of themselves a little bit and and kind of like take the meme and meme themselves a little bit you know uh, that's kind of fun you know because sometimes you could, could get really like just stuck in the mud and not have fun and you know they're willing to have fun with it and i think everyone wins when you know they're having fun and i think it gives us a good idea of where we're going in the future because like seeing captain america sam wilson seeing Miss Marvel in her costume that we still have not seen in the show yet, spoiler alert, but like just seeing those two interact and seeing Captain Marvel and seeing um, Ant-Man Wasp, like it gives us an idea because like this ship is just starting now. They can always update it, but you want to be putting stuff on there that's going to be in the forefront of Marvel for the next five, 10 years. And I think these are the characters that we're going to see a lot of hopefully in the next five, 10 years, right? It, it definitely looks that way. So real quick then before we move on, Wakanda, Sokovia, New York, Tallow, Madripoor. Where do you want to try food from? Uh, all of them. Uh, probably Madripoor because that's the most uh, unique. I know. Yeah, I think I think um, there's got to be some shawarma on there, right? Oh. On the menu. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll have a chance to go on that ship at some point. All right. The next one is something that you brought to my attention in the past couple of days. And I know you are currently watching for the first time some of the old Netflix um, Defenders saga including, I think you're currently watching Jessica Jones season one, right? Yes, episode seven right now. So you sent something to me the other day in Link, um, this comes from the direct.com, that Disney Plus, when you go and watch Jessica Jones now, even though it's been on the service for a couple of months, um, when you get to the title sequence, it is now called Marvel's AKA Jessica Jones, where as before on Netflix and even when it first came to Disney Plus, it just was called Jessica Jones. So did you notice this or do you usually skip the intros now that you've seen it a couple times? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely skip it. And I don't remember if I noticed it. It was definitely one of those things where I'm like, okay, is my phone listening to me? Cause like I'm watching the show. I'm literally texting you about the show that I'm watching. And then I find this article that literally just came out about this. And I'm just like, what on earth? Um, no, I did not just stumble on it. And it was really interesting. And I think, I don't know. It's just, it's such a unique change because all they add is also known as like, what can you take away from that? Like, that's just, it's so, it's so ambiguous. It's not like, it's not, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's very unclear what that means. And I, 
And I really do hope that if we are getting more content, like it's being really rumored right now, like there's a lot of talk right now about Jessica right now uh, through the rumor mill. I, I really hope we get kind of some clarity to what that might mean, because it's not like they're saying like Jessica Jones legacy or Jessica or retro Jessica Jones or something like it just it has it's very ambiguous meaning to it. Yeah, I wonder if you change the name because you're planning a Jessica Jones almost like you said a reboot and you just want to call that one Jessica Jones and try not to confuse the people. I don't know, but like I have a feeling like even though they've announced in the rumors about like a Daredevil show, we have a, we know Daredevil's probably going to show up in She-Hulk based on rumors and probably an Echo, right? So we don't expect I don't think a Daredevil Disney Plus show until 2024 at the earliest, right? I don't expect anything next year. It's going to be probably 2024. So, have you heard about the rumors that are going around for Echo? Yes. Okay. So, we're going to we can share those real quick and if our audience wants to skip ahead about a minute or two, that's be yes. fine. Um so the rumors as we're thinking the same one is that um Daredevil will appear in his red suit in Echo looking for Jessica Jones while Kingpin's running for mayor. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. Okay. So, again, we think Echo's coming out some point next year. It's currently filming, so maybe summer next year, whatever. Um the rumor is we're going to see Daredevil in his yellow suit from the comics in She-Hulk and then the red suit in um, in Echo. Um, if he's looking for Jessica Jones, I'm curious why, unless she has, excuse me, dirt on Kingpin. Um, but yeah, I mean, why else would you change it? I know every episode in the three seasons from the original show is called AKA and then the title. Like, did you notice that? You know, I did notice that. Maybe that, it made that is why they added AKA. I, I did. I forgot that they did that. And I don't think I could be wrong too. I don't think there's ever been like a Jessica Jones titled comic. I think it's usually called Alias. So hmm. Alias, AKA, maybe that's like their um... connection. That's what I saw online too on that direct article. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think you have that like little subtitle because you want to save Jessica Jones as a title for an upcoming property, maybe. But yeah. again, if you're doing that, it's still going to be at least um, two or three years away at the earliest. I think like Marvel's stag is just piling up and. Again, we'll eventually get it, but it just feels like you're introducing concepts and then taking a long time to show them. Did you also see this week that on social media, Disney Plus was like, they're, they're still like really advertising the connectivity between the Defender saga. Have you seen that? Yeah, they were. That's a, that's also what's been bringing. There's been a lot of stuff about the Defenders this week. The, the pot's been stirring. So uh, who knows? San Diego Comic-Con might be dropping some uh, spicy tea. Um, I did see that where they had like kind of like the infograph where it's like, connecting the punisher through all the different defender shows very interesting is that part of the reason why you're jumping back into rewatching them or to watching them or were you just interested in trying to get through them uh and so it's definitely been on my to-do list to watch list especially since having started daredevil back whenever spider-man was coming out um but then i think that actually <laughs> that might have played a part into it subconsciously maybe because i definitely remember seeing that so yeah, good job good job want... disney marketing i guess <laughs> You know, we talked about this months ago when it first went on Disney Plus, like it's not on the MCU timeline. It's in its own section called the Defender Saga, which, you know, makes us think like Infinity Saga. So I wonder, too, if we ever get to a point where, like, if we see like the supernatural side of things, could they get their own saga? Like you just have a bunch of sagas mm -hmm. that inter interconnect. I don't know. Like, I, I hope we eventually get some clarification on is the Matt Murdock and the Wilson Fisk we're seeing in 616 the same ones that were in. The defenders saga or not I, and again we've asked this question many times i don't know if we'll ever get a definitive answer do you think we ever will 
I think it's definitely possible. I'm wondering if more they're kind of going with the stories that have been told are their past. However, they're not going to reference them much and they're not going to go out of their way to contradict them either. So like that way they don't, they don't make it required watching for people, but the people who have watched it and the people who do want to go out of their way to, to watch it, like people like me, um, it's still, you can still kind of feel that it's valued and part of the canon per se. Um, but I don't think they're going to go out of their way to be like, this is 100% does not count. It never happened. Or I think it's, it's going to be, it's going to be there and it's going to exist. Yeah. I think until something contradicts, I think you can definitely say that's the backstory, like the origin. And, you know, I'll be curious too, how much when we see Daredevil, if he's a fully formed like hero or, I mean, that way you can kind of show him in She-Hulk. You can show him in Echo. And by the time he gets his own show, and it'll probably be Daredevil and then subtitle, like they do with mm -hmm. She-Hulk, at that point, he's you don't have to do the origin story. It's there if you want to see it, mm -hmm. but and they can reference it if they want to. And yeah, I'll be curious if they bring back more of the <laughs> excuse me, original cast. Yeah, I was I was because I was doing quite a bit of re research reading on Wikipedia, reading about the defenders, and it's super interesting that like most of the original defenders were not what is what i think most marvel i, I don't want to say casual but like the people who watch the movies and the tv shows maybe not necessarily reading the comics like the defenders at netflix that those shows they're not normally they're not the ones who were like from back in the 60s and the in the 70s and so it is super interesting but i am excited that they are continuing the legacy you know if the rumor mills are to be true it's interesting that iron fist is going to be dropped especially because Iron Fist is the one character that's been like through the Defender storyline and team ups through almost the beginning. Um, I know that that show was not received well from what I've heard, I believe. And so uh, I am I am excited though. They are, you know, possibly going to be getting Luke Cage as well. Um, be fantastic if we get John back as the Punisher. I haven't seen him yet, but I mean, if he's anything as good as people are hyping him up and as good as he was as Shane in The Walking Dead, then I'm for it. Yeah, I definitely want to see some of these stories continue. Like, um, without spoiling anything, I know Luke Cage and Iron Fist, both of their season twos when they were canceled, um, end on such cliffhangers that like, oh wow, it'll be really shocking if they don't pick up on it, and it'll be kind of clear then if it's the same Luke Cage and Iron Fist or what they do with that story. But they were just such big cliffhangers that like, and I felt like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Punisher, they didn't have necessarily the same type of cliffhanger. It was more wrapped up, and I like that, but. Yeah, I mean, time will tell. I've heard rumors, you know, like you have of these actors returning. I haven't heard a lot on um, Finn Jones as Iron Fist. He's the only one that's been kind of under the radar a little bit. If you had your way, would you want it to be the same story and for it to just essentially be continued? Um, Yes, because I really enjoyed, like, it was a fun experience. Like, this is before Disney Plus even existed, right? So I enjoyed um, the binge watch element of, you know the different series and looking for those easter eggs and they are very well connected like as you'll see as you keep going through them and i feel like all of the shows I, yeah i wasn't the biggest fan on iron fist as much as i wanted to be and like not just the acting it was more of the even the choreograph the choreography for like a fighting martial arts show it was a little bit of a letdown but um overall i really liked the whole idea and like you've noticed too i'm sure with daredevil and jessica jones they reference the attack on new york right so again, it's similar to what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did, where they referenced the movies, but the movies never referenced these until now, finally. 
it just it feels like that they're doing from what I can tell from I guess a, a season and a half of the saga it feels because like I watch a little bit of shields back in the day not much and i know that it shields feels very ott a little bit like they just really like went wild and went for it it feels like they're the defender saga is is really trying to tell a story that could fit and really can't just be like a missing puzzle piece that just snaps right into peace where the agents of shields it feels like that they kind of started to and then they just went wild and now they have this crazy puzzle piece that unless you really shape it carefully, it, it's not going to fit. And so it really does, it just, it feels, it just feels like the Defender Saga is part of the MCU. Like it just, it feels like its own little corner and, and maybe it's, it's very, it, it's in its own space. It feels very much part of it. I agree hundred percent with that. I feel like shield would be a hard piece to fit into this saga, but yeah, you could easily, you know, say these are the backstories. These are the characters like, the only thing is, um, I'll be curious too. Whenever we see a Daredevil show, or even more of him in She-Hulk or Echo, like if the the tone, it's a very dark, you know, very religious, very um, very somber tone, and more mm -hmm. serious down to earth. And I'm curious if it'll keep that tone, or if it'll feel a little bit less Netflix, more Disney Plus. And I'm, I don't know. Like Disney Plus has shown with Obi Wan, with um, even Miss Marvel, like they are gone to some dark places too. So I think it's Midnight, possible, yeah. and I hope they keep a similar tone. But I feel like, yeah, I, I would feel like I got paid off from all the years and hours I invested in watching all of them. And I know that I think you should definitely keep watching because I think that's probably the way they're going to go. Like keeping it without officially saying it's connected, it's it's probably connected. Jessica Jones, I will say real quick, it was really hard at first to get into. And this is to encourage anyone who is maybe getting into it for the first time now that they're on Disney Plus and super accessible. Jessica Jones is very, I think, is especially if you go, if you're watching chronologically and you're going from Daredevil season one into Jessica Jones season one, they are like night while they have like the same tones in a way, they're just a night and day different show. And it was very hard, I think, at first. And it was almost kind of diving into an a very ice cold bath. Uh, it was very shocking, and I, I think that's what kind of threw me off for a little bit. But now that I'm like thick in it right now, like you know, episode seven now, whoo! Like that show, <laughs> that show is really good, and she's fantastic. And David Tennant. That's all I will say. It's David Tennant, that man. Yeah, maybe keep us posted like over the next couple of weeks as you keep working your way through the Defender Saga because I definitely probably should revisit it at some point too especially if it does continue to connect definitely all right um we've got one more story for today and that would be that um uh, marvel executive producer nate moore has come out and kind of stated in a art of falcon winter soldier book that julia louise dreyfus's val is set to replace nick fury as this again kind of leader this i mean we kind of saw this coming so i've kind of got two quotes from the book um the first one comes from nate moore and the second one from dreyfus <coughs> nate moore says the Countess Valentina Allegra de Fontine is a character that has had a rich publication history and to some degree figuring out who can fill those shoes, which in our mind, in a way, taking the reins from Nick Fury was tough. But then we thought of Julia Louis Dreyfus. There was a fun energy to her that immediately you realize this person has a weight and gravity, but they're not the same as Nick Fury. It's completely different energy. I mean, do you see these differences? Do you see her taking those reins? What do you think, JG? Oh, yeah, I could definitely see her. I could see her kind of filling in that slot. It is a very different personality and tone, though. But yeah. 
And, you know, I just looked it up. Samuel L. Jackson, 73 years old. I mean, he was in phase three, but again, we don't know how much of it was actually Nick Fury versus um, a scroll. <laughs> and also he, um, we, we don't know. I mean, he definitely took a backseat. I know he's going to play a bigger role in secret invasion and maybe Marvel's. I think he's in that too. So he's still in the picture, but what I'm trying to say is, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson is not as young as he was 20, you know, 20 years ago when I'm thinking of the Star Wars prequels, right? So, um, yeah, it makes sense to bring someone else in. And we just know from their interactions with the characters they interact with, she's definitely the darker version of Nick Fury. She is the one that we assume is going to be leading the Thunderbolts because she's been setting something up. Um, she went on to say, Louis Dreyfus said, um, there's a lot of mystery in terms of her background and whether she's a good guy or a bad guy remains to be seen. She's sort of living in a gray zone. And I like the idea of a female mastermind. I think it's about time, by the way, not to get too political on anybody, but I'm all in favor of it. And I'm delighted to be able to do it myself. And the other thing that's really fun is sometimes you think maybe she said too much. And then maybe it seems as if what she said was intentional and she wanted you to think she said too much, but she didn't. It's all a plan. She's about three steps ahead of everyone. And that's uh, gobs of fun to play. Um, it looks like she's in it for the long haul. And this seems like a very different role. Like she's most famous for her roles in Seinfeld and on Veep, like more comedy. So seeing her bring her comedic chops into a more dramatic role where she gets to have fun and be this, you know, darker Nick Fury. Like, are you excited to see her kind sorry, of... Sorry, could you say that again? Oh, sorry. I'm having... Oh, sorry about that. My device is Ultron's coming self-aware here. But anyhow, are you excited to see her kind of take on this reign and kind of have some fun with this role? Steven, I didn't realize that we were on a Doctor Who podcast. I thought, wait, are you sure we're not talking about Missy? I, I'm so mm. confused all of a sudden. Like, the, the What you just explained to me is basically Missy if you're a Doctor Who fan. I am beyond ecstatic. And before even like we were getting some of this you know, information now, uh, I had always had thought, and I think I even mentioned on the podcast, and I think I definitely had told you, she had given me that Missy energy and that Missy vibe and everything. And now, literally, when you're saying female mastermind, it like, <laughs> of course, like it just, it feels so right. And oh my goodness, uh, if she just gives me like, that same energy that that character and if you're not familiar with missy well you should watch doctor who if you're not going to at least just youtube and missy and you'll know exactly what i'm talking about and referencing because that energy i could just and i do think that it's time for like this kind of like like she says like this female mastermind and, and you don't know maybe oh my gosh what why is she saying that up oh, and then it's revealed it was all part of the plan like oh like that gets me really excited and um maybe she could put in that little bit of com comedy we've seen that a little bit you know especially i think at the uh whenever she talks to uh, at the uh at the graveyard and she talks to uh i completely blanking on her name black widow's um, sister yelena like Yelena, thank you. Yes, mm -hmm. there's some comedy there too. So I am so for this. And it really does make it seem like she's in here, I would say at least for a phase or two, maybe a little bit longer. She is, you know, also like 61. And I'm not saying that disqualifies anyone age in acting or anything, um, you know, but I am excited to see what she does do with this role and how we continue to see her definitely through the Thunderbolts and many other projects to come. Yeah, she's definitely like how Nick Fury, and I'm thinking phase one, he just showed up out of the blue and had a couple scenes and then left. She could definitely be that kind of presence, um, but more darker sense. And like, remember, Nick Fury always had plans behind the scenes. Like 
that's why I remember thinking Winter Soldier when, you know, even um, Black Widow and Steve were questioning his loyalty. You know what I mean? Like he Nick Fury always kind of kept things close to his chest, but always, again, with a moral high ground. I think Valentina is going to play things close to her chest, but never with, you know, the moral high ground. I think she's going to be playing it a little bit more to push herself through the government, like up the chain. Um, and I, yeah, I'm excited to see where else she can pop up and hopefully we'll get a little bit more understanding of that. And I'd love for her to cameo in more of these Disney plus shows just so we can get a chance to get to know her better. Where do you think, wait, uh, where do you think she's going to show up next? Could we see her in the post credit scene tomorrow? Is there a anti-hero that she could be recruiting tomorrow? Um, I'm thinking of the cast for tomorrow's movie and I don't see someone. I don't either. I think, I think she Hulk would be a good place for her to show up. Oh, I that'd think be fun. where, let me look at what else is coming up here. I think she Hulk would be good. I mean, I think the Halloween special is going to be more standalone. I don't see that. Um, yeah, more the supernatural. I really? think, I think she Hulk is probably the most likely this year. And then when we eventually get like Captain America four, like let's revisit this. Like whenever we get the new hopeful lineup of what's coming up over the next two years, maybe we can do like um, our predictions for each of them and where these characters are going to pop up. Definitely. Totally. All right. So that's going to wrap up our news for today. Um, let's jump into our review. So this morning we got um, episode five of Miss Marvel and you got a chance to see it before I did. Um, but I was excited to wake up and see your initial thoughts. And also like when you said I was really going to enjoy it, I'm thinking, wondering why. And I'm wondering, is there going to be a lot of connective tissue and stuff? But really from the historical standpoint, that's what stood out to me. And you knew that and you knew I would like it from that. And I did. So um, jump in. What were your thoughts on this episode? Like I... And also share your thoughts if you don't mind. I saw you share online about the sixth um, episode structure that Disney Plus has been relying on. Yes. So first, in regards to this episode, oh my gosh, this episode is probably not only my favorite episode of the series so far. Um, it's hard because the first episode also is amazing. Uh, but this episode really just, I love how much they just completely went a completely different direction than maybe we were expecting. And how they open up and how they literally take us back in time. And for about two-thirds of the episode, tell a story about a character and characters that are so pivotal to the story that they've been referencing, that have been a super integral, and show it to us. And, and, and while they're not the main character, and they're not Kamala, but they are still... They're so important. And to see that story and to see the historical reference and to see that they literally take a historical moment that is so tough and so hard to watch in many ways. And and, and something that I was not familiar at all. Like I definitely have heard, you know, a lot about India and Pakistan, but I never really studied it as much. And so to really just see it and be able to kind of get this history lesson. And, and that's obviously like why I want to get into storytelling and why I think it's so important because through through a Marvel show, you and especially if kids are watching this with their parents, the kids are learning this. Like, come on, like this is so good. And just that also just the intro where it fades into the different color grade and everything. It was so well that I think the pacing of the episode itself was fantastic. Um, completely shocked. Um I'm personally used to a good cliffhanger where it's very abrupt thanks to Walking Dead. Walking Dead likes a good, very abrupt uh, cliffhanger. I know that that was very jarring for some people. That was seeing online is how the, this episode ended. For me, it didn't bother me. It's probably, again, like I said, due to the Walking Dead with their very jarring cliffhangers. 
Um, but yeah, that's what I that's what I really took away from this. Uh, so much family and heart, like what we've been saying. So many teases for what's to come. Um, before I talk about the sixth episode, Stephen, what about you though? Like, what was some of your takeaways? Yeah, I knew we were in for something special. Like you said, whenever the bright, you know, red colors of the Marvel fanfare changed to that black and white, that sepia color. And then we get the newsreel, like really giving you about a minute worth of a very condensed version of the history before we jump in. And like, I loved it because again, it made you feel like, again, I love how, like you said, it's allowing, it's it's a chance to learn. It's a chance to learn about people that are different than maybe people you've seen in other productions and in other shows and movies. And I love that. I also felt like, and I was sitting there thinking, I'm so glad that Miss Marvel is a series instead of a movie because if you're doing a two hour, two and a half hour movie, you're not spending this time with the great grandparents. There's just not time in that. You might do a minute, a two minute scene, you know, real quick to show it, but you don't have the time to give you yourself 20 minutes to get to know these characters. And, you know, when, when the show started and there was controversy about her powers being different, Kevin Foggy, you know, came out and said, this show is about family. It's a, and again, I, I think a lot of shows, you know, you get to know maybe the characters and their parents, maybe their grandparents, you usually don't go all the way back to great grandparents. So that was kind of a unique thing too, because we're going so far back in history. Um, and you just felt like I was sitting there and when the great grandmother passed away, um, I almost felt like, and when she got separated from her family, kind of like the opening scene of up, you know, from Pixar, like you just like in 20 minutes, you fell in love with this family and their relationship. And you know, the eventual fate, even though it was coming, you knew it was coming. And it just still hits you so hard because you're like, man, in 20 minutes, Marvel was able to make me care not about a comic book leading superhero, but about her great grandmother and her great grandfather and her great and her regular grandmother. Like it just really hit home and I loved it. Um, I, I, I would have spent more time in the back story, but I know we had to keep the story moving. I do. Um, but yeah, it was a fun episode. It was a cliffhanger. It was a good setup for what's to come. I mean, I just, I feel like there's like you, like you're going to say, I'm sure in a second here, there's so much still to wrap up. We're not even back in New Jersey really with Kamala Khan yet, but I, what, I mean, what do you think? Like what the, the six ep issues, uh, the six episode structure, go ahead. Yeah. So, I saw a lot of people talking about the pacing of this episode, and I think, and I can't speak for other people, and I don't think it's the pacing of the episode that's the problem. I think, if for my take and my personal, and it's not even just a Miss Marvel problem, it's the problem that they, for Marvel and several several other the Disney Plus shows, uh, they've been locked into like a six episode give or take. You know, sometimes it's seven, sometimes it's eight. Uh, they've been locked into a certain amount of episodes. And because of that, it's causing this pacing issue as a series as a whole, as a season as a whole. And the problem is, is that, and from what I've been really like looking, because I've really been thinking about it a lot because it's a pattern and it's not, and it hasn't gone away yet. And it, the thing is, is that the, a lot of these shows start out so strong and they start out so well and they're, and they're, doing incredible and then they get to the, the middle and it's it's kind of still going but then we're starting to get to like the end and it's like wait how do we have to wrap this all up and there's like there's two or three sometimes even four episodes more worth of content but now they're they only have one episode left and that one episode after the you know catching you up part and after the credits there's like you know 30 to 35 minutes worth of actual story 
And so they're trying to cram and finish and wrap up three to four episodes worth of content into 30 minutes. And so it just completely derails what has been done. And I just think, and I don't know if it's a, a Disney higher up thing. I don't know if it's a Bob Chaffick thing and the money. You know, there was definitely those stories that were coming out months and months ago where a lot of the a lot of the story a lot of the creative decisions were now being made by some of the financial people higher up um and some of the like they were now reporting to them instead of creatives so that maybe that's playing into it whatever it is though it needs to change because it's not working it's not working for anything and it's not to say that these shows are not giving us great content because they are I have yet to really severely be disappointed by one. There's definitely some that are lower than others, but they're giving us great stories. Why rush it? Take the time. If And, I, and what I really don't get, especially from a marketing and financial point, is like, yes, yeah, so maybe it's going to cost you more money to make. But let's just say that instead of six episodes, let's say you do 10 episodes. And let's say people, there are people who keep disney plus just for the shows and they unsubscribe well now if you're doing it for 10 weeks that's an extra month now they're going to be paying so wouldn't you want to have that extra content to keep them subscribed so i it's confusing but personally i look at it more from the story perspective next week we're going to get a miss marvel episode we're probably going to love it we're probably going to adore it but it's going to be very rushed. And while they are going to continue the story in the Marvels, and we're going to see her in many other places, this story that they are telling uh, for Miss Marvel season one or the series, it's going to be interesting to see how they wrap it up because it's followed the same problem that many of the other shows have. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's going back to what we talked about earlier with the Defender saga, when they were on Netflix, they had the opposite issue. They were almost mandated to have 13 episodes and i think they eventually broke that mold but it was 13 episodes 13 hours almost and there were many times and many complaints online that felt that they didn't need that it could have been 10 hours of content and i think 10 is the magic number i really do i feel like six is too short 13 might be too long for some of these stories but 10 would be really good and yeah it is confusing like why rush it when it's not like a you know back when we were growing up when the tv schedule had like 22 23 episodes to fill throughout the whole you know season um you can really do whatever you want it's your streaming service so i'm wondering like yeah if it's a decision by marvel by disney that says all right you've got six episodes you got this budget make it work or it should really start with the storytellers saying breaking the story down and saying obviously i've got more than a two-hour movie or we do a two-hour movie but i i only need six hours or i need eight hours like it should start there with the storytellers instead of trying to ha like almost handicap them to keeping to a certain time frame when they that's kind of hard to do. Like, let the show breathe, let the story breathe, right? Yeah, and I, it definitely, and I think I mentioned this as well. Like, there should be definitely a check and balance because you know you don't want to get. And, and I think a lot of times people can say like filler episodes or fluff episodes are not important and they're not there. But a lot of times those are the character episodes. Those are the episodes that are actually really important. I mean, one of the biggest filler episodes of all time is uh, in Rebels, uh, the Purgle episode. I won't spoil why, but if you haven't seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I think a lot of things are very intentional, but I do think the creatives, they do need to sit down and, and they need to be given the freedom. And I'm not saying like, 
oh my gosh, like if it's a okay, like I'm not saying like 50 episode season or multiple seasons, but like if it needs to be eight episodes, if it needs to be four episodes, even like a month, if you give me four hours of strong, consistent storytelling, that's fantastic. That's a four hour movie. That's longer than a movie. Like, I whatever I just that's what I think is the creatives need to be that if they want this high quality and they want people to keep subscribing to Disney Plus, they need to like drop the chains off the storytellers and let them tell the stories within reason of what they need to do. And if it involves multiple seasons, be willing to do multiple seasons then. Um I kind of get this kind of origin story one season vibe that they're going for. If that's the case, give them 10 episodes, 12 episodes, whatever it is. And if it is, say if it's maybe four, let's say if it is a 16 episode and you really like want to like stretch it out or whatever, or you don't want to drop it all at once, do two halves, do maybe eight episodes in the spring, eight episodes in the fall. There's options. They have options. Disney plus, like you said, has been doing the same thing with star Wars properties, right? It started with Mandalorian and throughout book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan they've gotten shorter and shorter. Yes. Now I'm curious and, or I think is, 12 episodes for the first season first and second first season 12 and second season 12 yep so that's a little bit different and i'm curious if that's a test like testing the water for it i also heard a rumor i don't know if you heard it that secret invasion it might be split in half and do half of the story before the marvels and half after have you heard that rumor at all i have not heard that rumor i've heard it's gonna be, be i heard it's gonna be longer though that would be very interesting if they actually took the time to really plan out like almost like a prequel to the movie the movie is the big event and then like an epilogue like i'm all for that i think that would be like really show them what disney plus could do like something very different than what other brands are doing right yeah and i think i don't know it's just so like i think the best thing about disney plus is that you have that creativity that you can do whatever you want it's your streaming service it's your thing and and, and it might be unconventional and it might not work, but if you try it once and at least you try it once, like, and you know, like Netflix was the one who first came up with the drop it all at once binge. And that was the big thing, you know, and that was crazy. And now, you know, people are starting to kind of maybe realize that maybe more of a weekly thing is kind of better because it's more, you know, talk around the water cooler and such. But like, you know, like you said, like if you do like a prequel, like a prequel, like a before the movie, then the movie, and then the after, that would be interesting. Or even doing a spring and a fall, they have the, these options to do it. And heck, they even have the opportunity to space it out on days. You have more days than just a Wednesday. Disney Plus, give the chance for your shows to breathe. Let them dominate this Twitter and, and social media. Let Star Wars own Fridays and let everyone be talking about it. So that way, whenever there is Netflix stuff coming on, then everyone is talking about Star Wars and they're focused solely instead of your instead of your audience being split between two fandoms. And in some cases, if there's Disney stuff, three fandoms. Yeah, you've got seven days in the week. I don't know why they decide. They usually put movies out on Fridays and shows out on Wednesdays. But why? I mean, again, split it up. You've got different days of the week for sure. Um, let's head back real quick to the episode. Like, yes. <laughs> what um, what does the show still need to do, in your opinion, to wrap up a solid season? Like, let's think about what's happened today and what we expect from next Wednesday. So I actually I have I I don't think they actually have as much. I personally don't think they have much to wrap up compared to, I think, what other people think. I think we do need to kind of have some sort of resolution to obviously where Cameron is and how that connects to Miss Marvel. I think that needs to be played in. And I think we, I think ultimately, I think the conflict with the 
damage control. I think they're the real villains in this whole thing. And so whatever's going on, I think that needs to either be resolved or questions need to be answered. And I do think we need to have the setup to where Miss Marvel goes next, whether that is um, directly into uh, the Marvels or if it's directly into Secret Invasion. Whichever the two that it is, I think that's really all we need. We just need resolution with the dam or s some sort of quasi resolution with the damage control. I don't expect the damage control to be like eliminated or like all of our answers. I, I we need to know kind of why are they so heavily invested and so heavily targeting these teenagers? Like very sus. And uh, and then I think we also need to know where she's going next. And you, I think, had in a previous episode uh, theorized that some of the Department of Damage Control could be scrolls, right? Yes. So does that get revealed either at the end of the episode or in a post credit scene? Or as we think, the Damage Control is going to likely show up in She-Hulk and then probably maybe Secret Invasion, especially if they're scrolls. Do you save that reveal for later or do you do it in the finale? Oh, uh, I think you reveal that. I think that's definitely a reveal. I think that's near near the end. I don't think that's a post credit scene. Um, I kind of feel like Ms. Marvel is not, sh or Captain Marvel is not showing up in this show. I think she's, I think she's a post credit though. I hope she's a post credit. Um, but I think like one of the closing five minute shots is them talking and then they like reveal themselves or something. And then they make a call out to someone. And remember, if we think back to Spider-Man far from home, the end of phase three, there's a line, you know, we know that. Um, Talos was impersonating Nick Fury yeah. and there was another scroll as Maria Hill and they were talking about and they made a one little reference we kind of hear like middle of the sentence about the sleeper cells right yeah so you you put that line in, and that was from 2019 and now it's three years later because of the pandemic we missed a whole year <laughs> but that definitely needs to be picked back up on and if you reveal that Department of Damage Control <laughs> excuse me is are somewhat scrolls related then that way, when we see them in She-Hulk, when we see them in Secret Invasion, we don't have to spend the time of are they or aren't they. We just know already this is a very suspicious, very deadly group right here. Yeah, I think I don't know. I just it makes a lot of sense. I think that'd be a fun reveal. I actually haven't heard that many people talking about it, but I kind of I, I don't want to say it feels obvious, but it just I can't think of more reasons to why they are so heavily involved and specifically, especially with her. It's just, it's super, and especially if we know that that technology is Cree, like, there's a lot of dots that are there that you could easily connect very quickly, which would then also get Captain Marvel involved, so, and then also get Monica involved, because Monica was also talking, she was talking to one in the theater, so, like, there's a lot of dots that are connected. Are, um, the Jin's story wrapped up, or with, um, Cameron's mom kind of putting her life force or something into Cameron like will the Jin still play a role through him next week I don't know I'm that's also they kind of like wrap that up really quickly which I think again problem with the six episode arc is like you can't I can't have them there if if, if damage is your big enemy or your big focal point for the ending of this and like they can't be part of it um yeah because like he has powers in the comics and such I was reading up on which is really cool um, so that kind of makes sense, but I'm kind of curious still, especially, so I have a question cause I saw this kind of going around on Twitter. So did you, how much of the inhuman, did you watch the inhumans? Yes. Okay. People were 
relating that to something. So what what happens whenever the the gen go to the weird colory thing, the portal or whatever it is, and like it killed them instantly. That process of what it kills them, it makes them almost it looks like crystals or whatever, and then it, it puts fall. that like that black like casing around them. Yeah. So people exploded. people were relating that to what happened to the teragenesis and in inhumans and whenever they it was not compatible or whatever. Do you think that this could be our proper introduction to inhumans and I, such? I'm really glad you reminded me of that because like when I saw that before we see the skeletons, which I think was very important that they showed that. Otherwise, my initial thought was, oh my gosh, this takes me right back to inhumans and agents of shield. And it was almost the similar cgi graphic of how they become um inhumans like they start off as humans but when their teragenesis happens um their dna gets altered and they go into this cocoon and then they explode out like it looks so much like it until they showed the skull and the the skeleton so that was my next question for you like as a betting man like what percent are we going to hear the word inhuman next week let's oh. start there oh i'm gonna go 50 percent. i think i think it could go either way i think if we're getting Inhumans in the MCU down the road and they're going to be a part of the story, I think they need to set them up really quickly here to separate them from the X-Men so that they are not confused because they are separate and different. So if that is the case, then I do think it's a strong possibility. However, expectations are everything, and I don't want to say it and get excited. Um, I'm going to say 50-50. I think, it's, I think just because of that, and because of now the powers that are in Cameron and and we also know like for sure the power is now not because of the bangle like it's in her it is part of her like that is not the bangles just kind of like woke it up kind of or something like she has those powers yeah it's definitely in her dna um i i'm hoping that they say in the word human because if you say it like that would just be amazing and then in <sighs> comic-con if they could just say 2025 2026 you're getting a human movie like put it on the schedule Ooh. like with the royal family and oh like that would be a dream come true like slowly build it like you said they have to differentiate between humans yeah. or mutants like i wonder i would be disappointed almost if they just like i'm talking in the future like the next 10 years never mention the word in humans throw it under the rug when it was being built up in the comics before they had the rights back to x-men i don't know i just would love to hear that word um I could, I, I could see it. I think, I think, I think it's more and more. Can you imagine though, if they drop the word inhuman, do you know how many people are going to all of a sudden binge the show? And you know what? I'm, I'm glad that you're going to watch it, but man, that's a shame you didn't start from the beginning. Uh-huh. And yeah, that's true. Like just, oh, I thought you meant watch inhuman show. You meant watch Miss Marvel. Show. Yes. Miss Marvel. Yeah. I think we're definitely going to see the Miss Marvel viewership spike around secret invasion around oh, yeah. the Marvel's. And it's disappointing because like people are that are missing out on this are missing out on great television and a great character and a set of characters all around. Um, is she going to, I mean, we're probably going to get some type of final battle maybe against even Cameron with his powers now, maybe, I don't know. Um, is she going to have be suited up by then? And if so, how does she get her suit or is the suit saved for the final scene? We basically have almost all of the suit now. We have uh, like the pieces. Like if you look at her outfit, we've seen like pictures of it, like the poster, I think, and we we've seen it now. Like the scarf, I think, was like the final piece. Um, because like I think we've seen that that main 
tunic over top. I don't know what it properly is called. Um, but I've, for the most part, and then she also has the, um, whatever that's called that covers the eyes. I know there's an official superhero name for that or whatever. Um, but I, I think we're going to see her suit up. And I think it's going to be against damage. I think because there is a possibility because Kamaran in the comics ends up becoming a rival and ends up, you know, fighting her. It kind of gets messy. There's kind of a love triangle. Um, I think they're avoiding that from what I could tell just for the sole fact of having um, having him help him. I think that was touching. And I think that sets it up that they're going to be in danger. And now she's going to have to come and save them. She's going to have to be the hero. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. I think that would really make her shine as like again the central figure for sure, and she has been for the series. But I love the supporting cast, and I hope we get to see more of them as we go as well. They're gonna um, be in the Marvels. Did you know that? Who is her family? Oh, good. That would make sense to yep. even. They won't have a big part because you only have two and a half hours at yep. that. But at least having a scene or two with the family and having that fun dynamic and being like, if you didn't see her show, go watch it right now. If you exactly. More of this. That's awesome. Any other thoughts on episode five or predictions for episode six? No, it's a it's a fantastic episode. It's my favorite one of the series. Um, it's gonna be really interesting to see how episode six plays out. See if they can land this, connect it to what's coming up. Uh, I'm really curious because it, it's it's right it's right under Loki for me. Like it's 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 I feel like it's like right there. It's knocking on the door. It's it's mm-hmm. so close. It, it just needs that like final punch. If if they can just really blow me away. And I'm not saying it has to be an hour long, but man, if they give me an hour long episode full of just closure and excitement for what's to come and they really just wrap it up really well, somehow they surprise us. Yeah, this could be my favorite Marvel show right now. All right. Let me ask you one last question then. Okay. You can only pick one of these two options. You get the post credit scene with Carol Danvers or Rambo. Okay. You get that set up. Okay. That's option one. Option two, oh. you don't get any characters, but you get a very Loki. Miss Marvel will return for season two, which you can only get one of those two options. Which one do you want? Option two. Yeah, you want it to be yeah. announced that because yeah. again, besides Loki, every other show and besides Loki and What If have been standalone shows. We haven't heard any other sequels seasons announced. Yeah. She she could definitely handle another one, like almost like a trilogy of three seasons, right? That, that'd be fun. Uh, we be we fun. had even talked about that last week about you know how it, going through high school and such. I think just to quickly say, um, as as exciting as a, as a post credit scene would be, post credit scenes are only fantastic and great in that moment, and whenever it's leading up to what it's teasing. Once that has come, it it takes it. It loses its magic, for lack of better terms. Yes, you can go back and watch it, and yes, but nothing will... You will not feel that same way when you first saw it, and then you will not feel that same way leading up to whatever it is teasing. If we get the continued story of Season 2, for example, then you know that will carry its its weight. Yeah, like you said, just like Spider-Man had his trilogy of high, <coughs> high school films, give her the trilogy of growing up in high school as well. She deserves it just as much as Peter Parker does. Definitely. All right, let's um, wrap up our show today because, again, in about 24 hours, we'll be seeing or have seen Thor Love and Thunder. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm excited. I think like this movie has done a good job of the marketing. I don't know a lot of the story plots. I just know the big ideas of the cast. I don't know what's going to happen. I can predict, but um, you're going into this tomorrow. What are you most excited for? What are your biggest predictions, JG? 
Oh my goodness, I am so freaking excited. Like, it, it every every time it's a new Marvel movie, it's exciting. But you know, it's Thor, it's Taika. We're getting Natalie Portman back. Like, there's so much to be excited. And a lot of uh, people in my circles, the critics that I follow, um, have really have dug this. It's really um, been something they've been praising. So I'm super excited just to see it myself. Um, overall, right now, it's sitting at a 70 on Rotten Tomatoes in general. Um, a little bit on the lower side, which is kind of a little surprising because, I, again, I've just been seeing a lot of positivity on, on Twitter. But, you know, to each their own. I think... I'm also excited just to really see the relationship between Thor and Jane again. Uh, I could be a helpless romantic, and so to see that um, story between them again, and to see that maybe, hopefully, love rekindled, maybe maybe a new, different relationship in some way. Um, that's one of my biggest things I'm really excited to see. Uh, obviously, ex uh, besides Gore and how he translates as a villain. Yeah, I think, I mean, Ragnarok brought such life into the Thor franchise. Like, this is our first, and this needs to be recognized, this is our first number four film besides Avengers, right? So, yeah, um, I think Ragnarok brought such life to Thor, and the first two are fine, but Ragnarok is such a fun film. Like, it adds such emotional weight with Hela being the sister. Like, I feel like Hela was a great villain, but not super scary. I feel like Gore is going to be scary. Like, the movie looks so rich and vibrant in colors, but then in the trailers we see the scenes with gore in this like dark dimension. Like it's going to be so juxtaposed and jarring and scary when we lose all the color. And it, I think the music's gonna change. Like it's just gonna be you're gonna be almost again in a horror film for that part of it. Um, I'm hearing a lot that it's like a rom com, which I definitely think is a is a type of movie that Marvel hasn't dipped its toes into yet. So I like the variety for sure. Um I do wonder too, like like you said about Thor and Jane rekindling the love, or could it be possible that we see, we know Valkyrie's going to get a king at some point, right? Or a queen yes. at some point. So could the queen be Jane Foster or Thor? I mean, is that a possibility? Could that be throwing us for a curveball? Oh, that'd be, uh, that'd be spicy and awesome. I love that. I think you mentioned that a while ago, actually. I think, I think it'd be super fun. It would be just, it's one of the, I think it'd be one of those twists that's like, oh, that was right in front of us. That's obvious. Duh. And like, we just completely miss yeah. it. And it's right there. Just, assuming that they'll get back together like they were in the first two but you know they've i mean getting back together with your ex isn't always the best idea either <laughs> no definitely not what I'm, about i mean are you at all worried like i feel like marvel's gotten us to the point getting has gotten us to the point in the past couple of years after endgame where we have a new captain america we have a new hawkeye um should we get to the point where are we getting too comfortable with like a new thor or are they throwing us off and did natalie portman only come back for one film is this going to be a heartbreaking like one movie deal with her returning. What do you think? Oh my goodness. If I'm worried about that. If Jane dies at the end of this, I will cry. Um, that's something we could definitely talk about too. Cause I think there will be a body count in some way. Uh, I mean, you don't have a villain called Gore, the God butcher and not have a body count in this film. I, I think both our Thors are going to survive. I think there's been enough implication and hints that they're going to stick around that could be wrong. We haven't seen the movie. People haven't can't spoil it. So like, they could be completely thrown off off our scent. I just think that there could be so much more story to tell f with both of those characters uh, together, or maybe independently. You know, how awesome would it be to keep getting some, you know, 
Chris Thor movies, but like, you know, his story, but then we're also getting some also Jane as well, like separately. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities here. So I, I hope, I hope they survive, but I mean, not a spoiler, but if we ha know this comic story of how Jane becomes the mighty Thor, definitely is worrisome and if you don't know then you can look it up because i don't want to spoil just in case you don't know and you want to go in completely blind um we have talked about it in the past but we're right 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 here so keep it very light but it definitely if if, if any of the thors are gonna pass it would, it would be her and i hope it's not yeah i, I feel like the movie you know, the marketing so like uplifting funny that <laughs> it would not shock we're gonna have some emotional moments i know that that would almost take it a step too far and like just be heartbreaking if if he has to finish the film without her. I'm worried about that. I'm worried if they convince her to come back just for one movie. And it's then possible. you can always do a, a multiverse variant thing later if you want to. But that does worry me a little bit. I hope you're right. I hope that both of them get to live to see another day. But like you said, there's got to be a body count somewhere. Whether that's Korg, whether that's, um, you know, I don't think Zeus is going to make it out of the movie with yeah. russell crowe no olympus has fallen or whatever that place is called like that's falling i think korg is gonna have a tragic hero's death i <sighs> jane is 50 50 for me like i i do think uh thor main thor is is surviving i he's gonna make it out um mm -hmm. he's he, they're really liking him he's really great got good stuff going i don't see that going anywhere Jane is like it's such a 50-50 cuz like uh, <laughs> I don't want it to happen but if it fits the story well and if it's done well I'm packing my tissues cuz man it's going to be hard to watch. That would be an emotional gut punch for sure. Um do you think there's any chance I know in the comics and one of the Avengers at one point is Hercules? I mean do you introduce in Mount Olympus scene, um, Hercules, or even as a post-credit scene, does Hercules make an appearance to set up something in the future? In this yeah, yeah. Of gods? This definitely makes sense that Hercules will show up in some way. He's not dying because of the no. fact that he is such a character that's going to be pivotal for future stories um, and characters that are starting to pop up. Um, aren't the Russo brothers also doing a live-action Hercules like based on the Disney animated film? I think I've they heard are. So, like, does that be confuse funny. <laughs> if Disney puts out Hercules? I mean, I don't think Hercules would, for Marvel, make his own film, maybe a Disney Plus show. But does that confuse with brand recognition or not? Um, I don't think so, mm -mm. because I don't think he's going to headline his own project anytime soon. He'll cameo in other places. He'll support. What about, um? I know there's been a character, I don't know much about him, that fans have wanted <coughs> for years from Thor. Uh, Beta Bill Ray, is that the name? Oh, I'm not familiar. <laughs> okay. There's like, he's a, like an alien looking creature that also can wield me. In, like, do we see, I think Taika Waititi came out and said that this is not a multiverse film. And even though a couple of weeks ago I had said, I think Jane's going to be from a multiverse. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't buy into that anymore. I just feel like this movie is enough other stuff going on that I don't think it's going to be tied with multiverse. I yeah. don't think they're even going to mention it. I don't know. Do you think it'll be referenced at all? I don't think so. I think this is going to be... I think this is going to be an intimate story. I think this is going to be very focused on the story that it's telling. I think it's going to have some celestial grand scope. I would not be surprised if we kind of get some celestials maybe, like uh, referenced or mentioned or shown. Any Eternals cameoing? 
they're too busy right now, I think, doing their own thing. They're either ca- captured by Arisham, trying to find the, their <coughs> their friends that are captured by Arisham, um, or making movies um, yeah. and maybe something else. Uh, so I don't think so. Uh, I do think there's going to be connections, though. I think... I don't think in ways that maybe might satisfy a lot of people per se, because I think one of the big things people are talking about is the connectivity of Phase Four and all that. Um, so I, I don't think you're going to get any thick cameo or anything like that. But I think you're going to get some mentions. I think you're going to get some payoffs and some some things. But I think it's going to be it is a Thor movie. This is what we're walking into and getting, and it is going to kick butt. I think the Guardians will be gone by the first fifteen minutes of that, right? Oh yeah, we haven't we haven't mentioned the Guardians. I do think they're gonna take up. (laughs) I'll I'll go I'll go lower. I think ten minutes. Yeah, they're gonna have an opening montage, and then they will be out and start on the holiday special. Yeah, they're gonna be setting up. I think whatever mission they're going on will then lead into the holiday special. I can see that almost picking up there because that's only a few months away too. Um, do you? Let's think. Loki in the first. Thor movie obviously survived for a while. Yes. Um, Malekith did not. Hela did not. Does Gore the God Butcher survive or does Thor need to take him out? No. I think he gets taken out. I think I think it's a combination of Love and Thunder. I think it's um, that's the key to the movie and it's I think it's going to be uh, the mighty Thor and Thor uh, single-handedly together. Not single-handedly but together as one will take out Gore. Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome to see them together. I think, like, passing the torch, but also, yeah, I, I don't necessarily buy into this being Chris Hemsworth's last film. He said in interviews, like, he'll do it until they push him out. Yeah. And they know that, again, even though you've gotten rid of um, Tony Stark and Steve Rogers, like, keeping Thor, who, again, ages very slowly compared to humans, let him be around and be that, you know, when we eventually see another Avengers movie with a whole new lineup, let there at least be one original Avenger Thor, that even if the other ones are gone, you know what I mean? Definitely. Um, what else are we hoping for? Um, I think we're going to get that. I think Ragnarok, you know, had to lead into Infinity War. And I think I think this one, I think they kind of gave Taika wide range, like a free check to do whatever mm-hmm. he wants. I don't even think it's going to connect a whole lot. I mean, I, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I don't think it's going to connect a whole lot into their big phase four, phase five plan. I think it's going to be a, a fun Thor like. And I actually kind of hope that Taika gets to come back and do a third and like do a trilogy of Thor movies. I do hope so. I think, um, well, actually, no, question. So I had theorized, this was a while back now, a couple months ago, I had theorized that one of the final acts was going to be a giant battle at uh, New Asgard. Do we think that that's going to happen? Like, where do you think the third, what, what is the third act that we're leading up to? Obviously, they're going to have some sort of fight and we're going to go against Gore. Obviously, Gore's running around butchering gods. But what is it that really, like, where's this final conflict happening and what is the stakes? Yeah, I'm wondering, like, how much of this movie takes place on Earth versus, you know, I think they're going to keep Thor mostly cosmic. I know we have to do something on Earth with new Asgard, but if we already saw Asgard get destroyed in the last Thor film, (laughs) I don't think you, I don't think you redo that. I don't, I think you let new Asgard be new Asgard for a while. I think, I, yeah, I, I don't even, I don't know. I think um olympus will probably be end of the first act or maybe second act and then you do something like again the trailers have done such a good job of not revealing stuff yeah do you leave the third act i mean is that going to be the fight in that dark gray and white zone that we've seen advertised 
yeah that'd the be neutral cool like something different to see yeah that'd be interesting that'd be <laughs> that'd be a lot um yeah i don't know it's interesting i i feel like compared to some of the other marvel films recently it's i feel like they've done a better job of uh keeping their cards close to the chest for this one and i think a lot of surprises and a lot of reveals have uh not been shown i'm hoping it's going to be something i walk out of tomorrow and i immediately message you and our my other friends like i hope it's something that we have a lot to talk about because i feel like there have been some movies where maybe we haven't had as much to talk about but this one i'm hoping leaves us with an idea of like where some of these characters are heading i hope it leaves us with a fun adventure but i don't want it to be inconsequential i don't feel like marvel at this point especially would make a movie that doesn't matter that doesn't tie in with things like you don't spend the millions of dollars to market it and make it if it's not going to push your story forward it's not going to just stay stationary right no you're you're absolutely right it's definitely going to move it's definitely going to move the characters forward it's going to move the characters forward it's going to move hopefully you know, a new asgard forward you know we were talking about the politics of wakanda earlier you know that could really be really start to play in and get interesting you know, uh, how does New Asgard kind of start to maybe recognize itself as an entity in the world politics? And so, yeah, I do think, you know, the story itself will focus, you know, mainly on the story that it's telling. And it will it will push things forward. It will push its characters forward primarily. Yeah. Any other predictions on post credit scenes? I think I think I've heard we're getting a mid and a post. Does that sound right? Yeah, we're getting two. Yeah. OK, so any predictions? I mean. Do, does Adam Warlock make a cameo like to see with the cosmic side or do they do something that's just kind of silly and fun? Like I remember Ragnarok, the last one had Jeff Goldblum's character didn't really have anything that ever followed through with it. Like does Taika do something fun or something to set up the future? What do you think? I think we're going to, I think so. I think there's going to be one. The second one will be kind of not necessarily not important, but just kind of like not really teasing anything, but kind of like, that was cool or that was interesting type thing, not, but not really teasing anything. And I think that was the first one in Ragnarok. Sorry. I forgot. Sorry um, to oh, it was Thanos appearing. Was oh, it was one. Thanos. Yeah. That was, the, yeah. that's what bridged into. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a lot. Um, I do think for the first one, it's going to be some character reveal. I don't know who or what, um, because they don't necessarily like it's not always like oh it's a thor movie so we're gonna get some thor character or some lead up to thor 5 or something like no they sometimes will play into the next movie or they will play into something else that's coming so i could see i i don't think doom doom is not coming until i think doom is first showing up in black panther so it's not doom maybe it's warlock that could be fun i I, um, yeah i don't i don't know it's a character that's a, I, it will be some new character that we have not seen that we might have heard about in rumors we have not heard about him, them in the universe but this will be our first reveal and introduction and it'll be a new character because like we new didn't, actor i didn't know who cleo was you know during dr strange so like i had to do my research after the movie like i feel like it'll probably be something like that where we get a character who we had no idea was even a possibility but introduced to set things up right yeah, and, and let's not also forget Eros, the brother of Thanos, and also uh, his little helper friend that was introduced Pip. in Eternals. Mm -hmm. Pip, yes. Yeah. So, like, they're, they're, they're definitely... And th that's a big thing, too, about Phase 4, is that we are 
we're back at ground zero. You can kind of call it phase one over again, phase 1.2.0 or whatever. And we have to introduce, we have to add new players to the board. You know, Thanos wiped out quite a few. Um, we got to re reset the board here. So oh, I love how much it's expanding, really. I think that's what I hope for. Like, I bet we're going to get a couple new supporting characters that'll be introduced that'll pop up wherever, whenever. Like, that's what I love about these movies and shows because it's not just self-contained. It is going to yeah. keep growing the universe out. Who do you, th or not who do you think, or what do you think the post-credit scenes are going to be? Um, I think there will be a funny one because that's Taika's style. But I think there will be, like you said, one that will introduce a character. I think Adam Warlock's a possibility. He's out there if we're out in space. Um, I I don't know how much this is going to tie in with Guardians 3, but if we know the Guardians are at the beginning of the movie, maybe you see them pop up again to set up like their search for Gamora. Maybe you see Gamora. I don't know. I, I, I Yeah, I can't really... I'm having a hard time predicting on this one. Um, I just hope to be... I, I actually like when I have to leave the theater and search who was that character yeah. because then it, it teaches me something new. I hope it's someone I don't know from the comics because then I can learn about a whole new character and be surprised that way. Oh, definitely. Cleo, Cleo was the big one because Eros was like, Eros was definitely new, but like whenever you say like, oh, I'm the brother of Fan, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's that's interesting. But whenever Cleo like shows up and you don't even, does not say her name, she just mm -hmm. like rips literally reality and it's like, hey, come with me. Uh, which also reality ripping was very similar to like how uh, Miss Marvel went back in time. Very like same effects. But anyway, um, well, sorry. And think ahead. about it because like Black Widow introduced Val who had just shown up in Falcon Winter Soldier. But Black Widow was supposed to come out first. It was supposed to come out first. Yeah. Um, Eternals introduced um, uh, uh, Eros, Eros and, and Pip. And Pip. Um, I'm trying to think. They all like. I feel like they all. Um, no, and Eternals also introduced Blade. Remember? So like. Oh yeah. They've been using these, you know, post credits to introduce new characters. I'm trying to think about the other Phase Four movies. Shang Chi, in a way, did. While we did not, we don't know who it is or what it is, but the beacon is calling to something or someone. Obviously, someone and whoever is on the other end is a tease uh -huh. for whoever that is. So they oh, have yeah. done it in everything. Yeah. Yeah, everyone has introduced new characters. And again, we haven't seen a lot of them pop up back up yet, but time will give them a chance to show up. That'd be awesome. Oof. All right, well, time will tell. And again, next week we'll be back for our non-spoiler review. We'll kind of give our initial thoughts. And then in two weeks, we will be doing our our kind of big reveals. And that'll be right around the time of San Diego Comic-Con coming up um, around the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, that weekend there. So, um, JG, any other... Um, thoughts for this week anything you're working on on your personal channel you want to promote uh just you know working getting the reactions back up there going strong with loss crazy fun times uh, it's great seeing the wasp in that show you know quite a few years back but uh yeah overall just having a good old time and enjoying marvel and star wars yeah absolutely so um this is going to wrap up episode 36 of marvel cast we hope you enjoyed spending the past hour with us diving into the world of marvel we want fans to interact with us in this podcast by please sending in your thoughts, especially after you see Thor, Love and Thunder. Send us your thoughts, and even if we don't read it next week, we will get to it, especially by our spoiler review in two weeks. Our email is marvelcastpod at gmail.com. Once again, that's marvelcastpod gmail.com. Please make sure you subscribe to 1138 Productions feed if you haven't done so already. And if you can, leave a review. We'd really appreciate getting the word out to more people. If you can share our episodes. And again, we try to release these every Thursday. It really helps us out if you can share it with your other Marvel friends as well. Um, but for myself and JG, we hope you have a marvelous week. And remember, I could do this all day.